So I'm Denise. I'm still a compulsive overeater. Um, there's a, a gentleman who was in our program who comes back and forth from Florida who, who always says, uh, I was born a compulsive overeater. Uh, I, I am a compulsive reader. I was born a compulsive reader, and I'll probably die a compulsive reader. And um, I will probably die a compulsive overeater. Um, I don't see at 61 it um, my desire to uh, want to overeat abating. Um, just so for people who don't know me, I know a lot of you, but I don't actually, there's so many nice new faces. I don't know, which is just fabulous. Um, I was, um, a yo-yo dieter, basically. Um, my first time inside a supervised diet was when I was 10, when my mother took me to the doctor. Um, I actually asked her. And she didn't say, honey, you're fine. Um, <laughs> you don't need to go to the doctor. And, and I look back on pictures of me at 10, and I was fine. I was just fine. Um, and so that started uh, a battle with food that continued on. And, and I grew up um, in Malibu, and Malibu is just mostly rural enclave. And very, very uh, athletic, I mean, very, not into athlete, athletic endeavors, but climbing trees and swimming any possible day and jumping off of piers. And, you know, we had to walk to the bus stop, which was probably a couple miles. And, and you know, I could really afford to eat when I was a kid. Um, I was one of those kids who, you know, my mom would proudly say, oh, you know, you got an extra leg in there or something. And, and I would just, just could eat. And uh, then we moved to San Monica and my life became sedentary. And um, uh, puberty hit. And uh, that's a lovely combination, a one-two punch. And suddenly I was ballooning up and... At one point, I had a, a boyfriend, and his little brother looked at me and said, you know, you'd be so pretty if you weren't so fat. And that sent me to um, Weight Watchers. Nothing against Weight Watchers. I think they're a pretty balanced program, uh, and they work for some people. But m mine was like, uh, I'd go in, I'd lose 10 pounds, I'd feel great, I'd step out, then something would happen. And then I'd gain, you know, 12 and then I go back, and I, that was all through my through my college years, you know, up ten, you know, down ten, up twelve, down twelve, up fifteen, you know, and um, so I became a really good dieter. I get to a point where I was so disgusted with myself, and I thought I was so ugly and so angry that I would go on these incredible diets. And I was a brilliant dieter. I could go for months without, you know, in living by this, you know, whatever they told me I could eat. And um, eventually it just, it, I had a reprise um, kind of in my mid-20s. I would say uh, my disease, which I didn't know was a disease. I didn't know there was anything like wrong. I just thought I was like 
they have elephants upstairs. Um, I thought I was just fat and and lazy and all the other things we we yell at each other or yell at ourselves. Thank God. And my mother was kind of you know adding on to that. Um, she didn't help. Um, so uh, I was good in my twenties, uh, pretty much. Um, uh, because I supplanted my need for food with um, my drive for success, my achievements filled the hole, uh, a cocaine addiction filled the hole, and, um, you know, I hate to admit it, but to this day, I, I still miss cocaine. <laughs> it's an awful thing to say. I just, I just miss. I should probably be in another program for that. But um, um, I just, I just miss it. Um, I just miss the process. I miss the everything about it. But um, that went away in my, um, in my twenties, and uh, um, I would say when I was thirty, and um, and hasn't, hasn't been an option just hasn't been an option which is probably very very good um so um what brought me into the rooms i'll just fast forward to what brought me in the rooms was complete i thought demoralization um i last last block on the house um through my 40s i did a commercial diet program and kept the weight off by going back to this commercial program and getting shots in my ass and getting um, and living on 750 calories a day. Um, I learned a lot about what my body likes to survive on in terms of like protein versus carbs and things like that. Um, so it wasn't a total waste, but um, it was it, it was a challenge. And uh, and then when I let go of that, I really ballooned up, really really ballooned up, and. Um, so I came in uh, in like 2010, um, listened to, the, I was waiting for the diet program, I was waiting for the sheet to come out, I was waiting to be told what I was going to, I mean I was just totally lost. But I read the big book and I loved the big book. And for the first time in my life, I realized, oh, I have a disease. I am, you know, obsessed and uh, and I have an allergic reaction. And I found myself on pages 60 and 61 where, you know, I was the one who wanted to run the show. And then when I would run the show, people started to hate me. And then um, and then I'd get upset and then um, things wouldn't work so well. And then I would go back to eating. Um, I'd get you know, fired from a job, or I'd lose a relationship, or uh, it was just, it, to see myself on paper, to see myself written out, and was the biggest gift, and that's, that's where my journey really started. Um, so I picked the person who was the thinnest in the room and a former ballet dancer, because that's what I wanted to do when I was a child. Um, even though I could pick up my pas de deux partner, and he couldn't pick me up, um, I was not destined to be a ballerina. I wasn't built to be one, um, more like a weightlifter type body. Uh, and so um, I picked her and she said, you can no longer have any sugar or flour. And I went, <laughs> and it was too much for me in one time. Um, so I dropped out, went back to a commercial program, lost a little weight, um, lost a job that I thought was mine, 
um, life happened, and uh, I crawled back in. I literally was like on my hands and knees in tears, just didn't know. I'd fallen into a box of matzah and I couldn't get out. And um, now I no longer have ever, ever have matzah in my house, unfortunately, even during Passover. It's just not a food I can, I can have. It's just something I'm going to eat. So uh, this time I got a sponsor right away. I walked up to someone and really insulted him by saying, uh, I'm really desperate for a sponsor. You might work. And, um, and it turned out that she, her problems with, wasn't with a relationship. Her relationship was really solid. Um, and that wasn't my problem. My problem was with work. And her problem was with work. And we were in completely different fields. I mean, dramatically different fields. But we related on that. And what attracted me was her absence. Her absence was three meals a day, two snacks. And I said, well, I can do that. Um, and she said, the road will narrow as you, as you get more recovery. And it did. It really did. Uh, I worked the 12 steps. And... Um, Bless you. Um, and I, I got sponsees, and I dealt with, started to deal with life on life's terms, and I would bring all my problems to her because, even though she's kind of a kick-ass person, she always seemed to find my place in the problem, and um, <laughs> which you know, there's always our place in the problem and there's always a better way to to face something and that really helped me out and um and that's when i realized that the thing that had caused me to go off the diets all those years was um life it was life it was the boy who i liked didn't like me whoop gotta eat um, the job ended that I really liked and I couldn't find the same job. Oh, going to have to eat. Every emotion, every feeling. The only feeling, interestingly, that I didn't eat around was grief. Um, when my mother passed away unexpectedly, I couldn't eat. Um, and it was, it was absolutely shocking to me. Um, it, somehow grief just fills up my stomach and I just can't eat. Um. So, uh, that was 11 years ago. I've been abstinent for 11 years. I lost my abstinence early on. I think I was nine months in. And I was working up in um, Vancouver for uh, about five months. And uh, I was carrying around candies in my pocket. And I really ballooned up to my top weight. And... um, came back to Los Angeles and started to work at life and accepting my body and accepting I kind of had accepted that uh, I may be overweight for the rest of my life there was I was waiting for God to change it because I couldn't change it I couldn't go back to any sort of diet programs um and then um I had a job right before the pandemic and God gave me the willingness, uh, and I say it's always God because it's not me. If I was given my brothers, I'd be in the food right now. 
But God gave me, oh, bless you. Bless you. <laughs> um, God gave me the, the willingness to take my food to work, to make food on Sundays for Monday through Thursdays, and start taking an abstinent meal for lunch. And I work in the entertainment industry, so there's plenty of food around. So I was, um, it gave me a chance to hide in my office because I was working with a really boisterous crowd of writers and I found it really overwhelming and exhausting. So I would just go in my room, have my little lunch, take a nap, take my dog for a walk if he was with me, uh, and not connect or make a call, do something just for myself and I started to drop the weight and it started to spread to dinner when people were ordering big things of sushi I would you know order something else that I found more satisfying and and so I started to lose weight and then COVID hit and for the first year of COVID um, we had my daughter and grown daughter and her boyfriend living with us and they were cooking they each had to cook one night a week or two nights a week. And they cooked delicious food, but nothing that I should be eating because they were young and they could handle noodles and all this great stuff. And there were drinks at five forever. And, you know, um, and then after a while, that stopped. They went away. And my husband and I looked at each other and said, we got to do something. So I got my health in order I went and and got certain medications for my you know pre-diabetes and started getting my sugar in order again and then the weight just came off and I'm say from my top tippy top weight I'm down about 35 pounds which is a lot on a five foot three frame it's just a lot um I can't hide that weight. It just is there. And so, um, and I've been, God, I've, I don't know how long I've held off, maybe a year now. And um, and uh, the snacks have fallen away. I might, if I'm going to eat late, have a snack in the afternoon, but I don't need two snacks, really. And really, one of my meals, because I'm older now, and I is really just very small. It's become a kind of snacky. Small. I mean, I'm like one of those. I've become those old ladies that have like half a sandwich and a cup of soup at lunch. I mean, I never eat more than a sandwich now. Half. I mean, I eat half a sandwich. Um, I can't believe it, but it allows me to go anywhere and have the sandwich I want because I only eat half of it, and I know that I can have the rest the next day, and I know not to eat the fries, and I know, and so. I would say I have freedom around food. I probably have 10 more pounds that I, I could lose, and uh, God willing, I will lose. We'll see what happens. Um, where I am um, spiritually right now with my program, though, is in a rocky spot. Um, I really, really miss my standard meetings i i worked on zoom for almost two years in my job and i really am allergic to getting on zoom for a, a meeting it's not the same thing at all 
Um, I mean, I'm thrilled that we have, you know, added numbers to our cause and that people from other places where they didn't have meetings or had sporadic meetings have all this access. But, wow, I really, I was always going to the Monday, Wednesday, Friday uh, Pier Street meetings uh, at 7.30. And I was getting up and going to those meetings regularly. Now I'm lucky if I get out of bed at 7. Um, I'm not working right now, which is a great anxiety to me. I'm happy to not work. I'm not happy to be not earning a living. Um, and I have things I could be doing toward that end, and I'm not doing them, so I'm in a really uncomfortable place. And my program is not where it once was. I mean, I was regular in sending in my 10th step. I was regular in accounting for my food on a program. And now, because I lost the weight, <laughs> I feel I don't really have to. Um, you know, the miracles happen. So, um, but the truth is the miracle will go away if I don't, oh, five minutes, oh, if I don't continue my program the way it was. And so I checked out all the in, you know, in-person meetings, and they're only on Saturday and Sunday mornings. So they overlap. There's nothing on a weekday. And that's, uh, uh, I really want to, I guess I'm going to have to take the bull by the horns and see what I can start for myself um, in terms of a, a a weekday in-person meeting but you know I, I felt a little remiss coming to lead because I'm not as strong in my program I'm not meditating I'm not doing the things I used to do because it's gotten easy so I have a feeling God will start making it harder just to get me and so before that happens uh, maybe I should make a pledge here to to get back into the program the way I was. I would never, uh, I've been asked to leave a lot recently, which feels um, like I'm being repetitive in places, but uh, I always say yes to, to leading. I always say yes to service. So that at least hasn't gone, gone away. I haven't, I'm not hiding there. But um, time to get back on the OA horse and it is really so great to see so many people in a meeting and so many faces I know and um, I will wrap it up there so um, that's it okay. this is the time for questions only there is no sharing at this meeting if you need to share please do so with any one of us after the meeting also, please remember that the opinions of leaders are my own uh, and not those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need to not identify yourself. Please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Okay, so I will uh, answer questions until 9.50. Yes. As you've gone through the program and you've had shifts in your body weight, can you tell me a little bit about how your um, your body image and your connection to intimacy has shifted? Um, I'm more likely to get naked in front of my husband. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, honestly, uh, I'm more, because uh, um, I am long-term married, uh, 30-odd years, 32. Um, so, yeah, um, that, there's that. Um, there's the... There was the fun of shopping in my closet because I had because I'd been a yo-yo for so much of my life. I had so many different sizes, and that was that was the fun part to go back and try on things and wear things that I had bought like on the cusp of like gaining a mass amount of weight, and so they never close to fit me. And then now they're loose, and it's like that's really fun. I got to admit that that was fun. Um, I am not, uh, you know, I always presented confidence to the world, even though I was eating myself up inside. So, um, I would say, I just, uh, I would say my relationship to the world is about the same, but, um, but I am more, just enjoy things more. Because I'm not thinking about how I'm bad or how I'm wrong. Um, which is not the way to think anyway. If you're just overweight, that's not bad or wrong. It just is. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It's your moment. Oh, over the husband? Oh. Oh, thank you. How did that work? Uh, well, um... Yes, sure. How did uh, how did my husband and my uh, I have one daughter uh, play into my program? Um, really interesting. Um, my husband is um, agnostic, um, and yet he has always been the most spiritual person I've ever known. Yet he had program. He's a normie, and he had program before I knew what program was. All our lives, as I said, uh, 32 years, he, he said things like, now if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Or if you didn't get this, there was a good reason. All these slogans he didn't know he was using. And, and that kind of told me that how he was a normie. He doesn't, he was, he did 12 years of Catholic school. So that just beat religion out of him, literally. Um, and so... Uh, we raised our daughter Jewish, and he has been to more uh, Jewish functions in his most of his life now than he has um, Catholic. While I've been to more Catholic, I've taken my my stepmom and, and uh, mother-in-law to more Catholic masses than he has. So I find spirituality anywhere. But um, my daughter, because I was always on diets while my daughter was coming up, and I didn't want her to have any feeling around food uh, except joy 
I never let her know that I was on said diet. Um, if they were eating something different than I was eating, I would just say, oh, I just feel like this tonight. I never talked to her about my weight. I never talked to her about her weight. I mean, the issue is it, it, she ended up, because of genetics and God, following my fa- husband, who is my husband, you know, is five, uh, is six foot five. So she's four inches taller than me and gorgeously built. Um, and the only time I ever saw her come home, she went to Australia on a, on a semester abroad in college. And in Australia, she gained weight. She was in a bathing suit most of the time. And I guess she said it was because the food was so expensive, she was eating nothing but pasta and drinking beer. And, so, and I did not say anything. And I was like, oh. and then it went away. And now she plays volleyball and plays tennis and, and golfs and all these things. And she's just in wonderful, wonderful shape. And I can say to her, you know, you, you picked up someone you're in Australia. And she goes, I know. She goes, I couldn't believe it when I came back. I couldn't fit into any of my pants. And um, So now she knows, and my husband, of course, knew that I was coming to OA. And he's always been tremendously supportive um, without tying it to outcome. He was, and he would say, he said, wow, you used to get up and go to those 7.30 meetings. You never, he said, this is the most consistent thing you've ever had in your life. And it is. For 11 years, it has been the most consistent. So I think it's because when I get in a room like this, it just feels so yummy. It feels yummy. I cried in these rooms when my daughter was going to college. I cried when she came back. I cried cried, uh, when I had to, when I had a great job offer up in Vancouver and I didn't know how I was going to handle it. And she was 14. And it was great. My husband got to be a mom uh, for a while. And every every other weekend I get, I'm sending her up. And and she'd come up and and work with me. And it was great. So, um, yeah. uh, So that's, I guess, does that answer your question? Okay. Great. Five more minutes. Okay. Yeah. How um, do you incorporate literature into your program? I keep the OA 12 and 12, the AA 12 and 12, and the big book on my desk at all times. And um, I will turn to, when I'm really lost, I will turn to a page and read it. I have read the big book so many times now that I've gone to another, I've bought another one because my old one is so filled with notes and scribbles. But um, when I meditate regularly, it starts with an, any sort of reading. Um, I used to read at night um, the uh, one of the day one of the day what are they called one day at a time yeah and um and think about that before i went to sleep and and kind of meditate on that a little bit before i go to sleep so those books are really really important to me hi so you made a mention that easy was a bit uncomfortable for you so 
do you mind talking about how, in other areas outside of way, how you work on like being okay with easy? I'm sorry, did you say what was uncomfortable for me? So you were saying that easy things were easy and it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I meant that easy was uncomfortable. Um, oh, okay, and I could have said it because I'm rattling off brainlessly. Um, uh, easy is never uncomfortable. Um, getting along with other human beings, that's uncomfortable. Um, I just, uh, just because, and I look back now really at my disease and look back and being a compulsive reader, why, why didn't I make the kind of friendships in college that most people make? Um, because I was so determined after high school to be perfect and to be right all the time. And that isn't a way to live. I also decided to be invulnerable. And when you're not vulnerable, which is kind of outside the program, but isn't in a way, I was so wanting to be so perfect, so unable to hurt or be hurt again, that I was not human. And so I walked away from four years of college with a crazy-ass boyfriend um, and kind of one roommate who was my friend and no one else. And I, it makes me sad when I think about it now because, um, you know, my daughter has so many friends from college and she went to college in Canada and she has friends. She's going to Europe at, at Christmas time to meet up with friends from Australia. I mean, she has so many good relationships. And um, I think that's part of our disease, also not feeling worthy of having those kind of relationships. And always having to prove that you're right. I had one of my big, 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 and it's still a big thing, is having to be right. It's one of my biggest character defects. Um... And uh, I had to get over that, or else, you know, uh, I was just going to be miserable. Yeah, and then um, you mentioned the first year of the pandemic when you weren't like, in control of um, all the cooking. So, what lessons did you learn from that for in the future when you may not always be in control? Uh, don't have your daughter's boyfriend cooking for you, <laughs> um, who loves to cook out of the New York Times uh, thing. Um, I don't know if I learned anything, honestly, about dealing with that, um, because the pandemic was such a unique situation, and from a lot of it, I was up in... Uh, a second residence we have in Idaho. So I didn't really gain too much weight because I was walking and hiking and moving so much. That really helped keep the food off. And I wasn't working. I wasn't dealing with the characters I have to deal with. And so that, that I kind of hid myself. Um, but I can't say I really learned that much. Oh, sorry. Okay.
Thank you. Sure.